It's a simple recipe, but it would mean so much to me. Turn on the gas and make me feel fine. And all I wanna say is, just give me some hot pizza. Steve Siddall here with another episode of Financial Pizza. It's the only podcast that features clips and more from some of the best financial advisors heard on radio and in podcasts all around the country. It's all brought to you hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. Coming up on today's show, we'll hear from Coach Pete DeRuta talking with best-selling author Andrew Hallam. His book is called Balance, How to Invest and Spend for Happiness, Health, and Wealth. It's an interesting interview for sure. Richard Pelletier weighs in on taxes and retirement as only Richard can. And Brian Coranta takes us through how inflation can impact our retirement. And Dave Perkins takes us on a trip all the way back to 1987. Well, it was another week on the market roller coaster for sure. That was the week that was. It's over. Let it go. That was the week that was. It started. We got to start with inflation. Yes, it's up again. According to the Federal Reserve, jumped 6.4% in February compared with a year ago, with much higher prices for food, gas, well, pretty much everything. This is the biggest year-over-year jump since January of 1982. No end in sight either. We finished the first quarter this week. Bit of a mixed bag. Well, the S&P's come roaring back from a near 13% decline and finished the quarter off 4.9% after a rebound that has defied worries over tighter monetary policy and geopolitical instability stemming from that war in Ukraine. Many stock investors have even shrugged off a brief inversion of a closely watched section of the U.S. Treasury yield curve. That's a phenomenon that has successfully predicted past recessions. One source of contention among investors has been the yield curve, where rates for two-year treasuries briefly rose above those for 10-year treasuries happened earlier this week. Now, according to data from Trust Advisory Services, such an inversion is concerning because it has predicted six of the seven recessions since 1978. Oh, but wait, there's more. 30-year mortgage rates on the rise, too, the highest since 2018, with Freddie Mac saying the average rate now just over 4.5%. So when's the last time you actually paid cash for something and then got change back? Yeah, right. Me either. I don't remember. Well, it seems there's a coin shortage again. And now some retailers, laundromats and others that rely on coins are asking us to check the couch and empty that jar of coins that's been sitting in the closet forever. Experts say it's not really a coin shortage, but a lack of circulation. The Fed also convened a U.S. coin task force made up of representatives from various federal agencies, which led to a campaign encouraging the public, us, you and me, to get coins back into circulation. And finally, I got to mention the NCAA Final Four and specifically the game of games, especially if you are in North Carolina. It's UNC versus Duke never happened in the history of the tournament. Now, being in North Carolina, I'm kind of torn. I'm a bit of a North Carolina fan, but then I've got Duke taking it all on my March Madness bracket. Ooh, the dilemma. All right, let's get this pizza cooking. For that, we turn to America's wealth coach and best-selling author, Coach Pete Deruta. In this clip, Coach is talking to author Andrew Hallam. His latest book is called How to Invest and Spend for Happiness, Health, 
and well. But what inspired you to to write the the new book here, Balance: How to Invest and Spend for Happiness, Health, and Wealth? Oh yeah, that one. It was. Um, I think it was trying to look at the the concept of money and our relationship with money from a holistic sense. Like I start by asking the question, why? Like, why do you do anything? Like, why do you invest money? Why do you want to go to the bathroom? Why do you want to run a marathon or get a degree? When you continue to ask people why, you know, first of all, you'll just get a variety of different answers. But if you keep digging with why, eventually they'll come up with some derivative of life satisfaction. They'll tell you they want to feel happy, safe, or secure. So that life satisfaction is what success is all about. That's it, full stop. Now, so success equals life satisfaction. And what I wanted to do with the book Balance was break this down to see what components help us enhance our life satisfaction to get the most we can out of life. And I narrowed it down to something like a four-legged table. And so one of the legs is the money leg. Like, yeah, we need to have a certain amount of money to, to feed ourselves, to have healthcare, <laughs> to have shelter, a little bit of money left over for retirement savings and spending on experiences and giving. And so there's the money leg and there's the relationship leg, which is another really, really important one, probably the most important one. When we look at you know Harvard's study of adult development, and they looked at what was it? It's an eight decade long study to determine what was the single most important variable for a happy life. It was relationships. So the third leg of the table was health. We have one vessel. So, you know, we want to not abuse it. And then the fourth leg of the table is a, a sense of purpose. So we need to have that thing that gets us up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah uh, it makes a lot of sense. Now, you were a high school teacher when you started, I guess, your career, That's right. right? And so That's right. What, what did you teach? I taught high school English. And then after I wrote Millionaire Teacher, they asked me to also teach uh, personal finance. <laughs> oh. I think Andrew would have been a fun teacher to have. He would have been a fun teacher, absolutely. Get back to teaching. <laughs> <laughs> and we just might. We loved it. We did. We did enjoy it. Thomas, you, you were over there. It looked like you had a question. I was. I, it's just a very interesting – I love the four pillars that you have going on, but I wanted to dig deep. We talked a little bit about cars a few weeks ago, and, and you discussed that in your book as well. Uh, but you also discussed the slippery upgrade slope. And uh, I'm in my mid-30s right now, and I'm seeing you know the new iPhone coming out every year. And, oh, but <laughs> Verizon's going to give me this, and AT&T, da 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 Is that, is that kind of what you're talking about here, things like that? Yeah, it's you know something called hedonic adaptability. And and essentially what that means is, you know, when we pine for something, like a material acquisition most specifically, mm. and then we purchase it, it's kind of like a sugar rush. But when, you know, coach Pete, you were talking about buyer's remorse. So what, you know, what typically happens, you know, beyond that point too is just that whatever it is that we bought it just becomes another thing like that phone just because another thing. So Thomas, the phone that you currently have at one point, you pined after it. Like you wanted it. Sure. Like you went for it. I'm like, I want this one. Thomas this is going to be awesome. Mm. But today, the, the, current phone, <laughs> the current phone you have is just another phone, right? It like, is. Absolutely. You don't, get, you, you don't tap dance because you've got this special phone. You, you get, we get used to whatever it is that we own. And so this slippery upgrade slope, it's fascinating on a behavioral level because we get on a treadmill of consumption thinking that these things are actually going to make us happier when in reality behavioral research and you know our own anecdotal evidence when we actually look into ourselves 
honestly, um, we don't typically need behavioral research to tell us this. Like Thomas, you don't need behavioral research to tell you that the current <laughs> phone that you have now uh, doesn't absolutely excite you. Sure. But at one point, it, you know, before you bought it, it did. It did. It did. Yeah. It did. It, Tim Cook convinced me. <laughs> well, I think that's a tough thing, though, because what you're talking about is basically people are, are wasting dollars and just letting dollars fly out the window because they assume they're going to achieve some level of satisfaction by buying this object or this car or uh, try to keep up with, you know, Bobby and, and Billy over there. Um, and at the end of the day, they're just hurting their, themselves and, and not getting what they want. There's a net loss through this whole process, especially when you're borrowing money to buy it, because research on life satisfaction suggests that when we have debts on a subconscious or a conscious level, debts actually drag us down. Mm. And so, you know, we buy something to make us feel good. We think it's going to enhance our life satisfaction. We get buyer's remorse. It doesn't affect, even if you don't get buyer's remorse, it doesn't typically end up affecting your life satisfaction because of hedonic adaptability we get used to it hmm. and if we're stuck with a debt bill as a pro as a result of that it's just a, a lose-lose scenario mm -hmm. yeah the feeling you had the excitement and and uh, the satisfaction feeling you had when you bought something is almost doubled on the negative side when you realize what you did and, yeah you know, exactly when you look at the the tv show south park there's a, a an episode where the kids all roll into a bank and the they're trying to put money to save it somewhere, and, and basically the banker loses it all and says this. And it's gone. <laughs> we don't want that to happen with our retirement money. <laughs> and so if we have our retirement plan established and, and we know what our income is going to be with certainty in the future, and we have extra money left over, then we can spend with more satisfaction knowing that we not, we're not going to depend on that money or, or wish we had that money in the future. Yeah, you know, one of the things I, I brought up in the book Balance is I said, imagine like you're hanging out with some friends around a campfire. So I call this the campfire litmus test. So like Pete and Thomas, when you guys get together you know, 10 years from now, you guys are not going to talk about the stuff that you bought. In fact, even, hey, let's, let's not even take you guys. Let's take the three or four of the most materialistic people you know, put them into a, you know, 10 years from now, get them to talk and enjoy each other's company around a campfire. Now they're divorced. Even those people are not, they're, they're, they're not going to fight each other. <laughs> I want that. You know, they're not going to talk about the stuff that they bought back right. in 2022. No, you're right. They're yeah. not. They're actually, they're going to talk about the experiences they had, the people that they met. They're going to talk about the things that they did. These are things that create memories. And so, you know, when we, when we do choose to spend money, what's kind of cool is when we're doing it for life satisfaction, if you can spend money on an experience, especially when that experience brings people together, this is a win-win because you create a memory and relationships are really where it's at. Um, I, you know what I laugh at? I laugh at the, uh, like the ads that would say something like, you know, be the envy of your neighbors, like buy this and be the envy. And envy is not a good thing. This, like if you're if you're envied by your neighbors, you're not loved by your neighbors, right? There's a great movie called Envy, by the way, with Ben Stiller in it. If you haven't seen that, you, it's on Netflix or somewhere like that. It's funny, and it is. It's exactly what you're talking about, Andrew. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't it, make then. you feel better. Envy, yeah. Look up Envy. <laughs> oh, I watch it about every time I, I run into it, so I've probably seen it like ten times. I'm one of those kind of guys. I'm not really paying attention, but I'm watching it. I'm laughing. If I'm laughing, I'm having a good time. So, speaking of which. Again, folks, talking to Andrew Hollum, the, the author of, of several books, the book we're talking about today is Balance, How to Invest and Spend for Happiness, Health, and Wealth. In your book that we're just mentioning, Chapter 6 really has my attention, and I think people will get a kick out of this. The title is Bathrooms and the Markets, Daily Routines that Help You Make Money. Now, what does that mean? 
Well, I wanted to use the bathroom. <laughs> something, hey, every morning starts out the same, right? And we're all human. <laughs> uh, I got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> the, the idea here is that, you know, we all contribute to, uh, we contribute to corporate business earnings with everything we do. Like, and so there are certain people who might say, well, but, well I don't really, I don't, I don't spend a lot of money. No, no, we all contribute to corporate earnings with, with everything. And, and when we contribute to corporate earnings and over time, corporations earn more money, they're able to then pay more dividends to shareholders, share prices increase. And so that's what we get when we get the stock market rising. So, you know, I, I create an example of this guy, John, <laughs> perfect, right? He goes to the bathroom <laughs> and, and everything he does, you know, basically he's in there in the bathroom and he's doing his business and he wipes. Okay. Just a, just a simple act of wiping your butt contributes to hundreds of different companies, most of which will trade on the stock exchange. Wow. So it's not only the company that makes the toilet paper, right? It's every company that transported that toilet paper. There are companies that produce the packaging for that toilet paper. There are the companies that ship that toilet paper. There are the companies that, I mean, it comes from trees. So ultimately, there are the companies that the forestry companies, yep. the railroad companies, the the fellers and the skidders when we're taking down these trees, and then all of the companies that service those companies. So the simple act of wiping your butt, literally, um, <laughs> it ends up. I mean, you literally are contributing to hundreds of different businesses. Well, then the reality so, shows kick in where they show the guys on the mountain tr cutting the trees down to bring them up the mountain to turn them into toilet paper. That's <laughs> it. Speak. Yeah, that's it. Wouldn't that be a great reality show? <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the plumbing industry? Because then you use some of the wipes you're not supposed to use and or you're not supposed to flush them, and now, then now you have to call the plumber. Septic pump. Well, and, <laughs> yeah, we, and, we, and, and we haven't you mentioned all the social media ads that I saw while sitting down doing my business. Oh. <laughs> you yeah. got it. Look at that. You got it. Thomas yeah, contributing. it's that. That's it. Everybody <laughs> contributes to this to this economy, and and if you can own a piece of it, and that's the whole point here. You know, when you're investing your money, and you're owning a piece of it. <laughs> yes, what we do know is that stock market has stock markets have good years and they have bad years, yeah. but over lengthy periods of time, corporate earnings rise because we continue to add money to these businesses on a on a on a on a using type of level. So like we use their services, we purchase their products. And that pads their financial bottom lines, which ultimately leads to long-term higher stock appreciation and higher dividends over time that well, we get to reinvest and hopefully uh, build our, our wealth to the point where we can become financially independent. Then you build your happiness and your health and your wealth. And folks, again, his name is Andrew Holland, and the name of the book is Balance, How to Invest and Spend for Happiness, Health, and Wealth. Again, the book is How to Invest and Spend for Happiness, Health, and Wealth by Andrew Hallam. I've got a link to his website in the show notes of this podcast. If you want to find out more about Coach Pete, then visit PeteOnDemand.com. That's PeteOnDemand.com. Pizza! Now we hear from Richard Pelletier and his show, Financial Safari. In this clip, he and I are talking about the importance of tax planning heading into retirement. So think of a you. All right. The year you retire, the year before that, your income is pretty high. You retire, the income drops like one part of the U. It stays flat pretty much, and all of a sudden, age 72, it comes bouncing up. Think of the U. Those bottom part, the horizontal part of that U, are what we call the sweet years. We can do an awful lot of great tax planning. 
Well, and, that, and that's the goal, and that's one of the things that I know you help folks all the time with is is that that tax planning, those strategies that you have for folks, and uh, you know, and I understand why you know their their taxes may be well a little bit more even after they retire. I mean, because we want to do stuff, we want to have fun for goodness sake. Well, understand your your mortgage has probably been paid off, uh, so there's no interest deduction to take away that uh, from your income. Uh, you have no more dependents, hopefully. The kids are finally out of the house and have kids of their own. So again, you also are not contributing into a 401k program or retirement program because you no longer have earned income quite often. And therefore, it's your tax deductions uh, go to zero to next to nothing. Uh, you do want to spend, uh, when you're healthy, I call your early I call them the sophomore or the uh, freshman retirees. It's the first couple of years you're retired. You're young as you're ever going to be, most likely as healthy as you're ever going to be. So you want to travel. You want to spend money. You want to enjoy retirement. Where does that money come from? Distributions from true tax accounts, a little bit unusual and can be significant and that adds to your taxable income. The other problem you have in assuming that your tax rates are going to go down is the ugly fact that these tax rates currently are the lowest we've ever had. I'll repeat that again. They're the lowest we've ever had. They were like 94% tax income bracket in the World War II in the 40s. Wait a minute, what, 94%? 94%, okay. Wow. I mean, ta tax evasion was in good order at that point. I'll bet. <laughs> uh, in, the 70s, in the 70s, the tax rate top uh, tax bracket was 70%. Okay, now it's 37 Wow. Those tax rates that I'm talking about now sunset in 2025. So we know, forgetting the political class warfare that's going on between these two different political parties, that the tax rates are most likely going to increase in the near future. 2025 is right around the corner. Really is. Could it happen before that, do you think, Richard? Given what's going on right now, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm a political junkie. I'm not a sports fan. I'm not a golfer. But I've been following politics for a lot of years. And I got to tell you, uh, with the congressional elections coming up, uh, there could be a real political bloodbath coming up. Could be. Okay, I'm not crystal balling anybody else. And then you're going to have the Democrats who are now in control uh, of the House, the Senate, uh, and the presidency. No one can stop them. No one. Uh, if they start losing control of the House and or the Senate, they could ramrod through. It's an incredible piece of legislation between the election in November and they're basically having the new parties take over either one of those houses in January. That's six, you know, was it three, four months uh, of unrestrained activity? Can you imagine what they could do on the way out the door? I really do enjoy his pragmatic approach. You can catch Richard in the Financial Safari Saturday mornings at 9 on News Radio 560 WHYN in Springfield, Massachusetts. You can also visit the iHeartRadio app and find it. Learn more by visiting the website helptoretire.com. That's helptoretire.com. Call him here, 800-662-680. Pizza! Now, time for a trip back in time. It's 1987. Here's Dave Perkins. Through the years, let's take a trip back in time. Back in time. 1987. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. One of the biggest movies that year was Wall Street, starring Michael Douglas as Gordon Gecko. This is going to be one of the watershed days in financial markets history. 
the Dow tumbled more than 500 points. October 19, 1987, Black Monday. The Dow dropped 22.6% in one day. One lasting result of Black Monday, the so-called circuit breakers, which allowed for a temporary halt in trading. Speaking of lasting, the first Simpsons cartoon short was shown on The Tracy Ullman Show. A total of 48 Simpsons shorts aired before the cartoon got its own series in 1989. Who is this Tracy Ullman anyway? That's the lasting legacy of The Tracy Ullman Show and its three-year run. The Simpsons, 33 years and counting. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ronald Reagan delivered his famous speech in West Berlin at the Berlin Wall that year. Average income, $24,000. Average cost of a new home, $92,000. New car, $10,000. Gallon of gas, $0.89. Cents. In music that year, hits included Bon Jovi Living on a Prayer, Lisa Lisa and Cold Jam. The Bangles. Like so, like, you do your arm and your hand like this, and let's walk like an Egyptian back to the present. We've now arrived safely back in the present. We hope you enjoyed your trip. Here's to a smooth ride into retirement. Okay, he forgot a couple of pretty significant things from 1987. The Minnesota Twins won the World Series, yes, and one of my daughters was born. So, there you go, Dave. Pizza. One more clip, and this pizza's done. And for that, we turn to Brian Coranta from On the Money with Secure Money. In this clip, Brian's talking about inflation and how we can manage it as we get into retirement. You know, there's all kinds of different ideas on there about how to, um, you know, build an inflationary retirement strategy. And you can start by building in higher inflation rate for your annual spending budget. But you know, Brian, that's at, something that you've done at Secure Money Advisors since the beginning. You've always taken have, inflation into account. Well, we always do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and I think any good advisory firm is going to take inflation into account because if you're not, um, you're just not thinking about it the right way. But, you know, if you look at over the past 30 years when inflation generally hovered around two and a half percent, many advisors, you know, use 3%, um, you know, as an inflation rate adjustment. Now some advisors are using four or five to help clients plan their spending uh, for the next 12 months. I mean, when we're running scenarios, we're looking at anywhere from five to seven, because uh, I, I don't know how transitory this inflation really gonna be, but I always say, hey, let's make bad things happen on paper. So if they actually happen, we have a plan, right? Right. That's a nice, that's a nice thing about making bad things happen on paper, but that's the other important part about having a plan. See, unfortunately, what I typically see is that most people will come into our office, what I call their POS. Now, that stands for their pile of stuff. And um, usually they don't have a plan that is built around that pile of stuff. You know, most people will come in, they'll say, well, I've got an IRA over here. I've got some money at the bank. I've got some money with this advisor. I've got some money in a 401k and it's kind of splintered all over the place. Uh, but there's no real written plan um, on how to actually get that money to start working for the client. And that's what we teach people how to do. You know, most people have been taught the basic fundamentals on how to accumulate money over a period of time, but there's not a whole lot of help out there when it comes to teaching you how to get your money to start working for you, start paying you a paycheck every single month and providing you with what you need so that you can get your time back. And that's all people really want when they retire. 
um, they no longer want to have to trade their time for money. So the money that they have accumulated over their lifetime uh, through their working years, that money needs to start working for them and providing them with a paycheck. Because when you retire, that paycheck is going to stop. But the bills, the taxes, and the money that you need to do the things that you want to do are not going to stop. You know, last week I had met with a um, a, a woman that was recently widowed, um, had never taken care of her finances. Her husband always took care of the finances. And here she is, um, you know, three years into the retirement and she loses her husband. And she came in, she had uh, heard us on the radio, and then she came to one of our educational events. And we sat down and I walked her through, we built her plan right there in front of her. I wanted to see, I wanted her to see exactly how we did it. Um, cause I don't, I don't like the idea of an advisor taking a bunch of notes and then going back and sitting down, um, behind closed doors and then coming back with this magical plan. It's nice to roll up your sleeves and kind of build the plan right there together. So you can see the plan come together and you understand, um, the what and the how of how we came to the decision that we did to allocate the investments the way we did generate the income that we're talking about generating. It's very helpful. And, you know, she is in a position now where she has to be the uh, one that runs the household. And so I walked her through a plan and she started crying and she said, I didn't realize that it could be this simple. And I said, it is simple. The problem is our industry makes it more difficult than it needs to be. And folks, I'm telling you, if you want to have a plan that's going to give you peace of mind and security, that's going to give you the ability to do the things that you want to do, that's not going to have you stressed out, worrying about whether the market's up or down, come into Secure Money Advisors and get a second opinion from us. And that's what a good fiduciary financial advisor should do. So you can hear Brian's show Saturday mornings at 8 on 94.53 WS in Pittsburgh or on the iHeartRadio app. The website is securemoneyadvisors.com, securemoneyadvisors.com. You can reach Brian and his team by calling them right here, 800-662-6808, or just text PIZZA to 600-700. Well, there you have it. Episode 142 of Financial Pizza is complete, done nicely, ready for that digital delivery. Financial Pizza features clips and more from some of the best financial radio programs and podcasts heard around the country every week and all brought to you hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. If you'd like Financial Pizza delivered to you every week, well, subscribe to it and it will be in your podcast collection automatically. Find it on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or anywhere you download your podcasts. And as long as you're subscribing, rate and share the podcast. There's lots of pizza to go around. Remember, you can reach any of the advisors featured here by calling them 800-662-6808. You can text them as well, 600-700. Text PIZZA to 600-700. And I've got links to all the advisors listed in the show notes with this podcast. You can reach me by email, steve at financialpizza.com or on Twitter at Steve Siddall. I want to thank Dave Perkins for contributing content for this week's podcast. Financial Pizza is produced and written by me, Steve Siddall. It originates from the studios of broadcasting experts in Apex, North Carolina. Thanks for listening, everybody. Really do appreciate it. Going to be back next week with another episode of Financial Pizza. I'm Steve Siddall. It's a Coach P Radio.
Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken. Money management is provided by Equus Capital Management. Equus is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in San Rafael, California. Investment advice by Capital Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a North Carolina-registered investment advisor. Insurance advice given by Capital Financial and Insurance, a North Carolina-licensed insurance agency. 